Thank you, brother. We welcome you live streaming this morning. Come from Landmark Baptist Church. If some of you think I've got shorter. I'm sitting down now, so uh, I notice that uh, some of the comments are coming up around my neck now. So uh, remember that. Uh, we're not. I don't have a text this morning. Uh, actually, my text this morning is verses is chapters 9 through 11 on, in Deuteronomy. And uh, the message I have prepared this morning is taken from those three chapters, chapter 9, chapter 10, and chapter 11 of Deuteronomy. And so we want you to uh, uh, just bear with us. And, uh, and I, would I would love it if you go home after I preach this message, go home and read those three chapters because you're going to find that uh, what, what I'm preaching to you today is found in those three chapters. It's a, my title of my message this morning is The Land of Promise. You know, uh, we, we all, I guess you can say we all are here tonight, to, are here this morning because of the promises of God. God has promised us so much, and um, sometimes I think we, we forget about what he has promised us, but he's promised us so much. And um, so the land of Cana is said to be a land which was a gift from Jehovah God to Abraham, but it, it affects all of us, and you're going to learn as we go through this message that uh, the the gift that God gave Abraham, the land that the uh, Bible says that he didn't even know where it was. He just, he just, because God told him that it was there and, and it was his, he, he went to the land of Cana. And uh, that's where uh, that was a gift. The land of promise was a place Abraham sought because of the promise that Jehovah God had given him. Again, we do we 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 bank everything we have, our soul and everything, on a promise that God has given us. None of us know what's going to happen after death, and none of us know what's what happened back then in those days. But we do know that uh, that God has promised us these things, and if we trust Him and we know Him as our Savior, then we trust that he is going to come through with the promises that he has promised us at this time. Uh, the great apostle wrote to the Hebrews, and this, this is what Paul said about it, by faith he, that is Abraham, sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the of the same promise. Now, let me say something here, that we are heirs of the same promise as, as Isaac and Jacob were. And uh, we're all, we are all, and spiritually we're the children of Abraham. Uh, God promised Abraham that he would be a great nation, and that great nation takes in as we as we studied uh, 
uh, Wednesday night, not this past Wednesday night, but a couple of Wednesday nights ago, we studied about the millions and the multitudes of millions that are going to uh, inherit this land that was given to, to him. And uh, a great number, the Bible says in the book of Revelation, it's a great number that no man can number. And uh, so, you know, I, I, I visualize myself sometimes maybe standing among that bunch, that group out there. I don't, I don't know what it's going to be like, but, but we, we be, I can't, sometimes I can't imagine myself standing before uh, that group, standing in that group as, as the Lord said about the multitudes that are going to be there. It was Christ who said, uh, let not your hearts be troubled, and ye believe in God, <clears throat> believe also in me, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would, not, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye will be also. That's in John 14, verses 1, two, one through 3. So we find that uh, the, Lord has, the Lord has promised us the same thing. He's promised us that God has a place already waiting on us for us to get there. And um, I, I don't know, I, I think a lot of people love this world a lot more than they should. But the thing about it is, is we, we look forward to that day and, and as, you, as you know, I've always said that there's one thing that uh, I've always said that I hope I don't have to suffer, but it looks like that's done. Oh, that's over with because that's exactly what I have to do today. <coughs> I have to suffer. What a great promise to all of us who are saved. We can now know for sure that God is real and <laughs> we are his children who are saved. This great promise was given to Abraham and to all his heirs, of which we are of those heirs. That promise, that great land of promise that he's referring, that I'm referring to in this message today. <coughs> there, there are some things for us to think about this morning. There's some things that we need to think about this morning. Now, what is the character of this possession that God has promised us? What's the character of it? Well, it is a place watered and watched by the Lord from the beginning of the year until the end. We don't, you know, people say as well, I don't like mowing my yard. You won't have a yard to mow when you get up there. People say I don't like having to do work on my house. You won't have to do work on your house when you get up there. People say, well, I don't like some of the things I have to do now down here, but you won't have to do those things up there. You know, you don't have to worry about getting sick. You don't have to, and that, that'll be a great thing right there. As we sit here today and wonder, you know, we got about half of our people out today because of sickness and such. And so, but we won't, we won't have to be concerned about those things. Um, it is a place watered and watched by the Lord from the beginning of the year until the end. It is stated in the Bible in Deuteronomy 11, turn, turn with me there to Deuteronomy, the 11th chapter. I want to read a couple of verses there for you. 
Deuteronomy, the 11th chapter, and uh, we're going to read verses 10 through 12. He says here, For the land whither thou goest in to possess it is not as the land of Egypt from whence ye came out, where thou sowest thy seed and waterest it with thy foot as a garden of herbs. But the land whither ye go to possess, it is a land of hills and valleys and, and drink of water of the rain of the heaven, a land which the Lord thy God careth for. The eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it from the beginning of the year even unto the end of the year. As it shall come to pass, if ye shall hearken diligently unto my commandments, which I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. What, what a great blessing. That's a great, great blessing. That 13th verse there is a, is a great blessing uh, concerning what the Lord has promised us that he's going to do. So Deuter, we find that he says that he's going to take care of it for us. We don't have to take. You won't have to take care of those that place that the Lord has prepared for us. You, you, won't, you won't have to take care of it because he's going to take care of it for us. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing when you consider that um, the Lord has already prepared it. He's already got it ready for us. And we're, all, we, all we've got to do is just do what he told us to do. And uh, that's where a lot of people have a lot of problems. But he said, all, all I want you to do is just serve the Lord and, and serve him diligently as you should. This is, this is represented in the fact that grace and fullness given us by God in Jesus Christ is as sure as God is real. What he's given us. Uh, you know, somebody put on Facebook, I, I can't remember who it was, I saw somebody put on Facebook that grace ain't a gift. Uh, but I, I, I sort of disagree with that. Uh, grace is a gift of God. It's a gift that's given to each each and every one of us that are saved. The second thing that we want to think about this morning is there's a warning that it will not be an easy passage. It's not going to be an easy passage. You know, we, we think, well, it's going to be an easy thing. Everything's just laid right out for us. Not going to be easy. Uh, it's, he says, Hear, o, o Israel, thou art to pass over Jordan this day and to go in to possess nations greater than thyself, Cities great and fenced up to heaven. Now you're going to have to. We got to go through a lot to get there. We we really do, and and that's that's where that uh, I think we forget sometimes. And uh, I've always prayed, as I said, I've always prayed that 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 I'm I'm not afraid to die, but I just don't want to suffer. But we're going to have to suffer. You you really are. You're going to have to suffer, and uh, and I, I guess. People who die young are pretty blessed. They really are. Children in particular. Uh, that's the reason I believe that children, when they die, they go straight to heaven because of the fact is that, uh, that they, they die as children. But, um, you know, we, we, we that want to live on, on this world, earth as long as we can, we're going to suffer. He said three score and ten is the life of a man. 
what the Bible says, three score and ten, that's six, that's 70 years. Now, he said, if by reason that you live any longer than that, <coughs> then uh, they're not going to be good years. As, as Brother Sam, I called Brother Sam yesterday, wish him a happy birthday. And Brother Sam said, well, I've finally made it to 75. And, uh, and, but the Lord said they're not going to be good years. And, and that's just a promise that he's given us that we live that long. We may want to live that long, but if we live that long, then he has promised us that they're not going to be good years. And, and believe me, I believe that. I believe that as much as, as anybody does. Listen, God's children, this journey we are on will not be an easy one. We will have to deal with our own sins. That's, that's the biggest thing that we've got to deal with. We've got to deal with our own sins and, and the great sins of others. You know, um, it's amazing. You know, I, I believe with all of my heart that this pandemic we got going on right now is because of sin. Uh, I think I think it's because of sin, and and I've heard it said several times, and I agree with it that if if the, if this if this world will start to look back to God, things will be a lot better. But they're not going to do it. They're just not going to do it. That people have gotten to where. They're they're pretty uh, feel like they're pretty safe with living the way they <coughs> the way they want to live. They don't want they don't want they don't want to be told. People don't want to be told that they need to live differently. But the Lord said that that's what he that's what we have to do. <coughs> we will have to deal with our own sins and uh, and the great sins of others. But we will soon make it. We will make it eventually. We will make it, and I. I trust that. I trust the Lord for that. <coughs> Excuse me. Trust the Lord on that. That we'll make it. We, we, we will soon make it. There are, the third thing is there are conditions to remember. Jehovah God told the people, not for thy righteousness or for thy uprightness of thine heart do thou go to possess this land. God said, I'm not giving it to you because you're good people. He, he said, I'm not giving it to you because you're righteous people. He says, I'm giving it to you because, uh, because I want to show you that I love you and care about you and, and, and that it is the unrighteous that I call. Therefore, he says, now, for the, now not, for thy not for thy righteousness or for the uprightness. Of thine heart do thou go to possess this land. Understand, therefore, that the Lord thy God giveth thee this good land to possess it, not for thy righteousness, for thou art a stiff-necked people. Deuteronomy 9, verses 5 and 6. You know, he, he says there, he says, I'm not giving it to you because you're good people. He says, you're stiff-necked people. And they were stiff-necked people. They were people that that uh, bowed their necks up against God when God told them what they had to do and where they had to go. And we still do it today. People still do it today. That, uh, as, as I've said many times, I've had people say to me that on their deathbed, I've had people say to me, why does God expect so much of me? Why, why does God expect so much of me? You know, well, uh, I, guess, I guess it's good that, that God does expect 
those things of us because that's what God said. God said it wasn't for your righteousness, the reason I gave it to you, or for your uprightness. He said because he said, I, I didn't give it to you for that reason because you're a stiff-necked people. And that's what I often wonder. That, that, that's the thing that puzzles me and always has over the years. And I've, <coughs> I've heard <coughs> others here say the, say the same thing. Is why does God even pay any attention to us? Why, why does God even uh, pay any attention to us when, when we realize that, uh, that uh, he, he's not good doing these things because of this? The fourth thing that, that we, well, uh, well God, God knows who is righteous and who is not, but his love for his own, praise God, he will keep his promises. God promised he will keep those promises. You know, we, we may be sinners. we all sinners. Uh, I know Brother David Collier, but he's, he's got this different on, his, on a tombstone now. He got, um, I noticed when they had the tombstone, had to change over there, they had, uh, uh, they had uh, when, when, when Patty died, they had it was a sinner saved by grace on on the on the tombstone, and uh, and I noticed they changed the tombstone when Brother David passed away. It's sinners now to it's sinners saved by grace, and now the third one, Brother David's son David Wayne, is there too. Yeah, David Wayne was a saved person. He was uh, they they were good kids. Uh, David Wayne and and Johnny were good kids, uh, but they just um, they just they just never got around too many people, and they never did. But anyway, uh, God said it's not for your goodness that I that I bless you. It's it's because you got a stiff neck. He tells the people. The fourth thing is there are attitudes to keep. And he says in Deuteronomy. Chapters 10 through 12, and this is the, the chapters. He said, The people are exhorted to fear the Lord, to walk in His ways, to love God, to serve Him, to keep busy in the Lord's work. This is what God expects of, 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 of us if we are to reach that promised land. He expects the same thing of us. Listen to this. And, and I preached on something to this nature. Uh, not too long ago, he, he, to walk into his ways, to love God, to serve him, to keep busy in the Lord's work. This is, this is, this is what God expects of every one of us, you know, and, and I think we fall, some of us fall real short of that. We fall very short of it sometimes. The, the attitudes that we have uh, uh, cause us to fall short of, of those things. This is what God expects if we are to reach the promised land. And fifth, the fifth thing is faith is to be exercised. Jehovah God tells the people, every place whereof the soles of your feet shall try, shall tread, shall be yours. Now think about that for just a moment. And he, he means that now. Every place whereon the soles of your feet shall tread, shall be yours. It all belongs to us. The, the whole world belongs to us. The whole world. He said, 
Paul even says that in the book of Corinthians. Paul told the Corinthians, Paul said, everything is yours. Everything belongs to you. And, and that's, that's, hard to, that's hard for me to comprehend. It really is. Everything belongs to us. He told, uh, he told the children of Israel, he said, everywhere that your feet set down, he said, it's yours. Everywhere, and I, I guess it did you good, care to walk around, you know, to do some stepping because everywhere you step belongs to the Lord. And, and that's, that's, that's still good today. That's the same thing today. Everywhere you step belongs to the Lord. Everywhere you walk belongs to the Lord. That, that's amazing, you know. That's, I've heard people say, well, I'm on so-and-so land. No, you're on your land. You, you're never on so-and-so's land. You're on your land because it all belongs to you. That's what Paul told the Corinthian church. Deuteronomy 11.24 uh, is, is where it says, teaches that at. Uh, but Jesus stated, Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words I speak unto you speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the work. John fourteen ten. He he he's the one. He's the one that that planned it all. You know, it, uh, they they didn't. You don't have to plan it. You know, he's the one planned it all. Um, it's it's amazing that uh, to me, it's, it's amazing that uh, that he that he has. I, I I just don't. I sometimes I I just get so far out that I just don't understand a lot of things. I guess the older I get, the stupider I get. But but at any rate, uh, uh, I just I just don't understand sometimes. Why the Lord does what He does for His children? Why do do you think you deserve it? Does anybody here think they deserve it? You know, you 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 can never work enough to deserve it. You can never you 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 can work you can work until your fingers are down to the nubs. You can work until your feet are wore completely off. And and you you can never do. Enough for the Lord. You can never do enough for the Lord. There is full assurance from the from the one who promised. The full assurance from the one who promised. The text states, The Lord thy God is he which goeth before thee as a consuming fire. He shall destroy them. He's, he's going out ahead of you. Isn't that amazing? He's... he's He's, he's burning that path for you. And all, all we've got to do is just do what he tells us to do. In his word, it's very simple, very easy in his word. He doesn't make anything complicated. It's, it's nothing complicated with God. He, he says, the Lord thy God is, is, is he which goeth before thee as a consuming fire. He shall destroy them. Anything that's in your way, he's going to take care of it. That's chapter 9 and verse 3 of, of Deuteronomy. Jesus stated, but, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. We just read that. Back, back on the last thought, we read that. The, the, the Father, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. He's, he's doing everything. 
Jesus trusted God the Father as much as we should trust him. Jesus trusted God the Father as much as we should trust him. Now, how much should we trust him? We should put all of our trust in him, everything. Not, not, not just, you know, we, uh, everybody talks about doctors and, and such and such as this. You know, um, like I told a doctor last time I went to him, uh, he, he said, uh, uh, you need to go and get some blood tests, get some blood done. He, but he said, I know that you're one of these that trust the Lord more than you trust man. I said, yeah, I do. I do. I do trust the Lord more than I trust man. You know, and, and I went and got some blood work done, and it was just useless. Paid for it, it was useless because it didn't show anything. It didn't show a thing, you know, and, and uh, so, uh, you know, what I've got, I, I believe the Lord wants me to have it. And when I get over it, I believe that's when the Lord wants me to get over it. It's when he, when he, when I get over it, it's when he wants me to get over it. Only in the same way, same way with all of you. You know, you, you say, well, I've, I've known the people been sick for a long time. Well, when you, when you get over it, then I believe that's when the Lord wants you to get over it. When I get over it, I believe that's when the Lord wants me to get over it. If I get up every morning and I still got it, first thing I say in my heart, <coughs> Lord, you want me still you want me to still have it. Yeah, I got shortness of breath, I really do. I can walk from my study in here and be out of breath. That's the reason I come up here and sit down about an hour <laughs> before the surface <coughs> so I can <coughs> get all the breath I can. Why am I coughing? Because I'm short of breath. That's why. And then lastly, the promise will be, excuse me, the, excuse me, the promise will be fulfilled. That promise that God has given us is going to be fulfilled. The text states in chapter 11 of Deuteronomy in verse 25, there shall no man be able to stand before you. There shall no man be able to stand before you. Why is it? Because we are we are going to be so so weak. We're going to be so weak. God promises, and He sees to it that we will reach the promised land. And all I can say is today, I want to praise God that He has a place prepared for us already. I want to thank God for that today. I want to thank God for that right this day. I'm going to call on somebody to close. And who I call on to close, I want you to thank God for giving us this place that he's got prepared for us, the land of promise. He's got that, he's got that land prepared for us, and we're waiting on it. And, and uh, I don't know what it's going to be like. And, and because of the fact that I don't know what it's going to be like, sometimes it's, it bothers you because we don't know what it's going to be like. We, we sit and we wonder sometimes what is our loved ones that have gone on, what have they gone through? I know you do it. I do it, and I know you do it. You know, you wonder what has dad and mom gone through. 
what his grandfather and grandmother's gone through. What, what, what have they gone through ahead of us? What have they gone through? I, I have a brother that died when he was 18 years old. He died in 1955 and died at 18 years old. And uh, I just wonder what he's gone through. He couldn't see. He couldn't walk. He barely could walk. He was crippled in his legs. But what has he gone through? I know I, some of the last words I heard my brother say, he was on his deathbed. Some of the last words I heard him say, he said, uh, he looked up at uh, the doctor. The doctor had come to the house to see him. That's when doctors visit your house back in those days. And I remember, I remember my brother saying to doctors, said, doctor, don't let me die. And then one, one five minutes after he said that, until the preacher, Brother Tucker, at the Ephesus Baptist Church there in, in the area up there, came in the door, and he sat down, and he talked. I, I was just 10 years old. He sat down, and he talked. I remember he sat down to bedside, and he talked to my brother while he was dying. And he told my brother, he said, he said, Bobby, said, there's going to be a place for you someday. He said, you won't be crippled anymore. He said, you won't be blind anymore. I didn't understand those things. I was just 10 years old. I didn't understand them. I understand them a little more today than I did then. But he told him, he said, Bobby, you're not going to be crippled anymore. Bobby, you're going to be able to see just as good as the rest of the, anybody else does. And I, I remember he died. He came in there and, and uh, he said, I've got to go to the bathroom. And my dad picked him up out of the bed. And he died in my dad's arms. My dad took him to the bathroom and came back carrying him back and said, that he's gone. No more sickness. No more pain. No more tears. All going to be taken away from us. I wish I knew more about it than I do. I wish I knew more about it than I could tell you, but I don't. I don't know no more about it. I pray that God will see fit to bless you. And I, I know that we have a lot of sickness now, but there's a day coming when we won't have a lot of that. All right, let's all stand, if you would. And, and uh, Joseph, will you dismiss us and thank the Lord for...